Hello, world, and welcome to the Philanese Nash Experience Podcast, an audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third-eye-opening conversations on entrepreneurship, leadership, and relationships from the African-American perspective. I am your host, Philanese Nash. Welcome. And my guests today are one of Nashville's power couples who are breaking barriers in the real estate development industry. Individually, they are accomplished executives. Together, they run the family business, Garrier Development. They are building a theme park called Storyville Gardens in Nashville, slated to open in spring of 2025. I want to just get into their story because it is exciting and innovative. So let's welcome Delisa and LD Garrier to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're just going to dive right into it because we have a lot to unpack and a lot to cover. Um, So the first thing that I've been asking my guests is, you know, COVID. We're still like in this pandemic. We are experiencing a second spike. So how have things been for the business? How have things been with the family? Tell us a little bit about how the last 18 months have been personally and professionally with COVID. Delisa, if you want to kick us off. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I would say that it has had its challenges. Um, you know, we have certainly had to find ways to be creative, um, to still get the work done and not lose any, uh, any, any, you know, any momentum we've done our, our development company barely slowed down at all. Um, we've actually seen increased, increased growth. And I I think that's just because of Nashville's housing, uh, you know, environment. We, um, we took that time to scale down our automotive company in, you know, the, after COVID happened, the automotive industry went just several different uh, challenges happened in the automotive industry. And thankfully for us, the automotive industry really was a um, it, it was just some fuel behind our development company. That was our our fundraising, if you will. And so that it helped us to to scale down and really pursue our development plans for the site that we had our automotive business on. Um, I would say family wise, I have never been a teacher and my heart goes out to teachers. <laughs> and even more now, um, when we shut everything down and started working from home last year, <laughs> it was a it was a very interesting when 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 our children went back to school in August, we were in a school district where they could actually go and attend in person. And I was worried about my first grader. I said, well, how is he with his, you know, with his everything? And she said, he's the strongest reader in the class. I was surprised because I didn't give as much attention to the children because the work life, you know, balance is hard and it was even more hard during COVID. Yeah. LD, LD, chime in. How was it for you? Well, COVID. Um, as Christian, we always we always take what God gives us um, as, you know, in the beginning, it's like, boom, it dropped. And a couple of days, it's sinking to reality. And to see a country shut down and everything that you know, you have to obey the law. Hey, you cannot go to work. Mm. What? You can't go to... I cannot... How am I going to feed my family? 
you know, to all these things going in, in your head as a man, to it's like, okay, God got this. God got it. Um, and um, the dealership is a very, um, it's, it's a company, again, that's where God has been blessing us to fund many other things. And as the, 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 the development company been moving very strong. So we've been wanted to slowly step out of the automotive industry. So we basically said, well, God, maybe that's your way for us to get out of this company now because the business automatically changed. It changed to, um, from one part of, as a Christian business, we, we, we and I, I say that because we are very fair in the automotive industry. We are we buy wholesale, we retail, but we don't believe in the concept of buying retail to retail. That's above. That's way above market value. That didn't set very well with our standard. Um, we just um, my wife helped me make that decision because that's that was my baby. That business because um we 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 had what fifteen years in it, fourteen years. So it was very easy for me to step away from it, but. With my wife's help and strength, she said, we need to go now. <laughs> so we took that opportunity and just step out and pivot all my attention to the game development. That brand is moving and the development company is like, oh, my God, um, I wish I had stopped the automotive industry um, a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. I would have been much further in the industry. Um, again, that's God. When God is doing his thing, we have we we cannot ask questions. It's it's very simple for us to to question them in the beginning. It's normal. It's normal um, because we're bombarded to something new. Um, it's it's like but when we can slow down our heartbeat and realize who we are as human, and he help he always take care of us. Um, many life lost this year, but understand, um, God always he know everything. He know everything. So. Is we put them force and um, take advantage, take what's supposed to be a crisis. Um, I mean, we, we convert it um, with his help. We convert it to something that's become positive. Um, um, we 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 just take it, move forward, and abide by the rules and the laws. Um, um, keep our hand wash and clean and mask on and protecting ourselves. Um, um, which my wife had a challenge with me in the beginning because I'm, I'm from Haiti. <laughs> so, um, and, 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 you know, we, I'm, we're doing really good. Um, and I get to spend more time with my children now. Um, get to work at home. It's feeling really good. Um, so I, I, I kind of got changed around for us. I, I, I can say I've seen business up and down, but this year through COVID in the beginning, with God, we actually seen a great turnaround. We just went to church, y'all. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so you, we, you unpacked it a lot there, and there are going to be a few things, the work-life balance and all of that. We're going to get back to that. But I, I want everyone to know who you are. Um, you just mentioned you're from Haiti, uh, LD. Uh, Delisa, you are from California. So let's dive into your origin story. How did you you know, you, you both are coming from two different cultures and lifestyles. Tell us a little bit about how you got to Nashville from where you came from. And then how did this union come together? Mm, mm, yes. <laughs> um, in 1994, um, I find myself, my father made the decision. My father and my mother made the decision 
a better life for the children, which is a total of eight of us, and move to Nashville, Tennessee, not Florida, not New York, where most of where most Haitians go uh, when you think about America. But my father chose um, again to me, it's God again who chose for us. Chose Nashville, Tennessee. I moved here in 1994, November 16th. Um, it's in the beginning again without speaking the language, um, but a lot learned from there. Um, it's it, it was a challenge in the beginning, but again we converted to something positive. Learn the language, learn to co coexist um, in the world. Um, but one thing that that's a blessing um, for me when I moved here. I did not understand the dive, the the the, dive, the the difference between the two cultures black and white i've never experienced that at all um we we have a little different between we call them mulattoes and the haitian but it's for here when he came it was it wasn't something that i focused in i did not understand it at all i had a different experience of america than most black um from men and women experience um, because he was going to school um go to church and then whatever i wanted and, you know, I pray God for it and it come to pass and do a lot of reading. Um, not till, uh, again, that's my, that's my experience, mm -hmm. uh, coming here to the United States and then, um, start, I, I, I was in the restaurant business, just young man trying to find myself, um, attending college. I didn't go to a big school. I, uh, from his high school, um, Cameron Middle School, his high school to ITT Tech. And I wanted to have my family at an early age. I just, as a Haitian, you want to go to work. You want to make money. You want to on, 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 on with my background. With my background as a farmer is how do I help my family don't work as much to I become a workaholic myself by getting three jobs while I was in college. I was making more money. I couldn't even get grant. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand the system, but I was just work, 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 work to get me a two-year degree from ITT Tech and then, you know, help the family. And then to go to work from restaurant, from washing dishes all the way to become manager of the restaurant business, um, feel like, hey, this is either I own one of these things, which I will never do on a restaurant because it's a very, 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 very hard job to pivot to the automotive industry and from there, I've learned it, and from a salesman all the way down to finance manager to all the way up to GM and realize what do I want to do with myself because I tap this. Do I buy a dealership or do I get my own business? And I chose to do become my own, own, own business, have my own company. Um, but little did I know that when you first open your business, you think you're going to make all this money, but it's a it, it life just start. It's like uh, there was a point of time uh, being in the United States, start experience what racism is um, in this country. Mm -hmm. And I, I even feel like going back to my closet, put my jacket, my suit back on to go to work because I was barely making any meat, couldn't even pay, make my car payments because I just start a new business in a country that's so diverse. It's to a, a group of people that can get along and then I become that person that crush into it and I'm getting crossfire by again by the grace of Lord and 
uh, to that little business again. He always do things in his perfect way. Mm-hmm. And from that little business, um, one thing that I can say right now is, if I if anything happened, if anything were to happen to me today, that decision I had made to start my business, and uh, still today I can say I I believe that God was coming to find my wife, Delisa. Um, is she? When I was there struggling with that little business on Jefferson Street, 1006 on Jefferson Street right there by Smith Towing, um, at the time Jefferson was a very rough, rough, rough spot to drive, um, to pretty much do anything, um, is I start, I didn't start as owning a car dealership. I supposed to start that way, but I started from the bottom by washing cars and doing window tent in the custom, in the custom world to, I met this beautiful woman that came to get window tech in their car. And and (laughs) from there, um, I let her tell you the story. She didn't want to give me the time of day. (laughs) I'm going to let you pick it up from here, Delisa. (laughs) You you came from California. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your background. And and were you in real estate when you came here and when you met Eldie? No. So actually, I I grew up knowing that I wanted to be a physician. I wanted to deliver babies and I had my heart set on that. Um, So I I actually didn't want to leave California. I begged my mom to stay. I wanted to go to Sacramento State. I wanted to go somewhere, UC Berkeley. And she said, no, you need to leave. And I was actually a great child. I was, I'll say perfect now. But I know. Um, But she wanted me to get out and go experience something different. Mm -hmm. So my sister went to Fisk University one year before me and I followed her here. So she was a a sophomore when I came in to be a freshman. And uh, I, you know, went was biology pre-med. My second year of college, I, my sister and I, we, we got brand new cars and we went to the window tent place down the street to get our windows tinted. Jeez, custom. <laughs> yes. And his his brother and my sister asked us to go on a double date. Oh, wow. And I tossed and turned, and finally I went, and it just it didn't work out well. I, I uh, was not interested at all. <laughs> and about three years later, I finally gave him the time of day. Mm, that was a long so, time. <laughs> It was a long time. We ran into each other three years later at Lowe's and he, he grown up, you know, and I was, I was on my way to medical school and he sort of interceded in my plans, but I think it was because God didn't want me to go to medical school. It wasn't, wasn't my route. Uh, I stopped everything I was doing to help him within his company as I finished college at that time. And it was just doors just started opening. Uh, and I, I grew up in, um, my mom is a pile driver. So I've always been around construction. My stepdad, he used to build apartments in California and do a lot of remodels. And I would go out with him on job sites. I'll watch him do blueprints. And and so it was something that was almost ingrained in me that I loved from growing up, but I'd never seen it from the entrepreneurial side. I, you know, I'd only seen them working for the unions or, you know, and so 
when we started looking for our first home, I enjoyed it so much. He told me to, he said, well, you should maybe go get your real estate license. So I did. And that led to me opening a brokerage. And I appreciate that time because it was, it was as if God allowed me to go through that to learn the back end of the real estate mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. to know how to research, to see trends in different areas. It just, it, it you know, I, I got my PhD in, in real, real estate, estate, not yeah. really, but yeah. just in, um, in experience. And from there, it, this is a funny story. So when I, when I first got my real estate license, I was so excited. I told my husband, I said, you know what? I'm going to the office. I was licensed with Keller Williams. I said, I'm going to the office to go sell houses. I'm not coming to the automotive business anymore. I now I have something else to do. So he said, great. You know, I support you. Go ahead. So I went to Keller Williams office and I sat there and I sat there and I said, well, where are the people? Right. How am I going to sell the houses? <laughs> and after about two weeks, I laughed with my husband. I said, I don't know, maybe selling houses isn't for me. Maybe. And so I said, well, I guess I'm going to come back and help you in the automotive business. And as soon as I did, I would say within the first month, I had seven houses under contract. Wow. And it was people who were coming to our automotive business who needed help. And and nobody told me you need to be in a place to constantly meet people. Mm-hmm. And it just was a, an amazing sort of, uh, you know, transition. From there, as I really learned the business, we had so many people around 2011 who were either in a, you know, a, in foreclosure or about to have to short sell, and they would come to get their car serviced or come to get their windows tinted, and they would open up to me about their challenges, and you know, they would say, "Well, what can we do?" And so my, I would look at their home and I would say, well, you have about 60,000 in equity, but your home would have to be renovated. But these people didn't have the $10,000 to put in their home to renovate it. So my husband and I looked at some of those options and and went in to go help those families to put in the the money that they needed to renovate their homes. We moved them out. We caught up their mortgage and we sold their home for profit. Sometimes we split the profit. Sometimes we we gave it to them up front. And it, it was really hard work for us because we saw these families who were about to be put out, who now were able to save their credit, their dignity, right. you know, right. just their their family. And, and it just, it felt so good and it was financially rewarding. So we took that, um, that was the start of our development company. Wow. That is amazing. That is an amazing story because two things. One, I could see God's hand in that whole process because yeah. typically when you're doing what he wants you to do, there's the doors open, you know, quickly and you advance yeah. a little more quickly than if you were like, I want to do this as opposed yes. to what he wants you to do. Yeah, I, I love that origin story. So let's fast forward a little bit there's two things that I want to touch upon because on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of, you know, entrepreneurship, but then I also like to talk with couples who are in business together and also talk about that dynamic as well. So how do you, and I'm going to come back to some of the barriers that you guys are breaking, especially with Storyville and this major project that you're bringing to Nashville, 
But how do you all manage your work-life balance, right? You've been in business with two different businesses. You guys have a young family. You have three kids, correct? Yes. And so how do you manage that? Give us some nuggets of wisdom on how to balance constant building and scaling of a business while, you know, maintaining a household with three young kids. I don't know who wants to go first on that one. (laughs) I'll I'll go first. I will say that the blessing and the challenge is that we started off this way. We started off working together, so we don't know anything else. Um, so with that, I'll say if someone's figured out how to balance it, please let us know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no we've, we've told ourselves several times, you know, we are going to shut it off. Last year, we went, uh, to vaca- we went on vacation uh, to Mexico, and we looked at each other. We said, okay, we are not going to talk about business for like the next day. And we sat there and we said nothing for about an hour. And we said, okay, remember that project? It just, <laughs> you guys lasted longer than most. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did. It was our, but you know, it, it's, it's, we have to have a constant reminder of the fact that not only are we business partners, but we are husband and wife. And so there's this sensitivity that sometimes I need you know, that he won't remember when he's in work mode. And, um, and so there's a, that we're, we're, we've been together for, for some time. Um, and now we're, we're, we're figuring it out. It's good. LD, can, can you cut off the work spigot at home? Man, <laughs> again, it's, let's go, we go back to our original origin, where we come from. Um, I came from a house where my father and my mother are always working and I'm, I'm the guys and our family who never get to experience um, love the way most people experience love in America. No touching, no hugging, no good job. Um, but again, you can see in the corner of the eyes of your mom and your dad and you know they love you so much, but without saying it, you know that look. You know when you do something good, right? So... Favorite to the U.S. when I came here that um, I had to learn how to look at somebody in the eyes because back home that you cannot, hey, you're talking to a grown-up, you don't look up in the eyes, you got to look down. And I had to retrain myself. So we, in, the, in the beginning, what I've learned that we, me and my wife love completely different, right? So, but she's what I needed. She's, she's, she, like, because my wife will speak out because what I've experienced as love as a child had become something different, which she, she had, like, she's the hugging one. She's, she's, you know, she's, she's not as beautiful that she is in, in the outside. It's as beautiful as so is that's how she is as a, as a human being. So. She basically molded me to become that, that most people say, oh, how are you? She, because now I had to let that, that Haitian, that thing, what I didn't, what I thought was tough love, you know, this is how it is to, hey, you know, she, she will always, and she will still, would still give you that little look knowing that, hey, look, you need to do this. But she's staying in the ground from at the old time that I miss uh, uh, an uh, anniversary. But she always knows the anniversary. 
Um, they are, if it wasn't for my wife, I will, I will forget my birthday, probably even forget some of the children's birthday, even including hers. But there are time to, from walking on Monday to Sunday, she's like, enough. Like, like she's, we, she, she's that one that fire in the relationship that, um, set up the most beautiful vacation. Just cause we don't do vacation like everybody else. But when we do take a vacation, we take a vacation. It takes me two, three days to adjust and do a vacation, but I've experienced the world um, from the U.S. Um, the best any place anyone can, place that I, I don't, I didn't dream, I don't dream to experience. But because of her love, she makes sure that if I'm going to take one vacation or two vacation, I'm going to make sure it's a 10 vacation. So mm. she brought all that to the family, brought all that to the life, and which filled me up in a way that, um, that I, that's different than the way I was brought up, um, which I wish to pass on another relationship. Some just realize who have, it's okay to, for the wife to plan the vacation or the husband, whoever have that, that strong point of it is, is not always one sided. It's, it's, uh, I'm willing to go with the flow. I'm willing to, um, she's willing to, you know, I, I cannot get upset. Maybe at the moment she said, we got to go. I'm like, no. We have to finish this. And we got to go. We got to go. But to now, I'm enjoying life because, because of her and the relationship. That's so important. So you started off talking about love languages, and we've talked about that on the show. And that's one key factor to balance is knowing what your love language is and what your spouse's love language is and finding a happy medium between the two. I love that story. I love that story. So... What I want to do now is um, I want to I want to give us a part two to this conversation. And so <laughs> we are going to discuss in our next episode how you guys break barriers in construction in this male dominated industry. And then we want to get into Storyville and talk about the impact that you want to have on literacy here in Nashville. So for all the listeners and all the people who are viewing this, I want to encourage you to not only go back and listen to seasons one and two of this podcast, but I also want you to tune into the next episode, part two of our conversation with the Garriers. And we're going to talk about the impact that they are making as a dynamic duo in Nashville. So I want to encourage everyone. We're still in COVID. We are still battling this virus. I want you to, to mask up, get your vaccine, stay safe, and we'll see you on part two of this conversation. Peace. Peace.